2: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast canty and carlin ever since uh, i knew about the draft exactly how it worked i wanted to be first tomorrow something is gonna happen that i've been thinking for for years and years i can learn a lot from him just him being such a great shooter and all, all the great things he does and how he went Rick of the year oh so, yeah it'd be, it'd be fun playing back forward i think they kind of needed someone that's
3: you know my position my size my main. you know that can kind of do everything as far as offense and defense
4: The latest NBA superstar has arrived. Chris Paul is a Golden State Warrior. And we got high drama coming with the second pick in tonight's NBA draft. Guess what? We're under two hours away. Spurs going on the clock. Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. We are in for the guys. Chris Paul trying to beat the Warriors over the years. Now he's going to be joining Golden State. But the draft is the hottest ticket tonight. Brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. You can experience it live we've talked a lot about this Chris Paul deal with Jordan Poole going to the uh, Wizards and Chris Paul going to the Warriors and I think now the attention Courtney really shifts back to the draft because the odds on who's going to go number two are changing again early this afternoon according to Caesar Sportsbook it looked like Scoot Henderson was a big favorite to go number two now the momentum all of a sudden is shifting back according to the odds makers to Brandon Miller And I think we might have to wait until the Hornets are on the clock, Courtney, to decide which direction they decide to go and then in turn who Portland ends up with at number three.
1: It's just weird that there's this much movement this close to the draft. I could understand it if it was like in the days leading up to it where, you know, new intel is either purposely leaked out or leaks out accidentally and then that changes what the betting favorites are for certain picks. But because there's been so much change today in it leads me to believe that this is all a smoke screen. I don't think any of this buzz is real. I think that the way we look at this looked at it before today was that yeah. Brandon Miller was probably going to Charlotte the reason there was so much movement is the comments that came out about Michael Jordan saying, Oh, you're just a shooter. And Brandon Miller, then running to a podcast to go talk about that. Who knows? Who knows who's playing 3d chess here? Maybe Brandon Miller has got us all fooled and all of this be like, yeah, I dare you. I Maybe. dare you to not draft me because I went out and said this, but it, it's it's not surprising that there's all this conjecture around like this this topic because the Charlotte Hornets are kind of a mess. I mean Michael yep. Jordan apparently is still going to be involved in the decision making tonight even though he's the outgoing owner?
4: Yeah. He's about to sell the team. You're about to get out of a business, but you're also about to make the biggest decision that business has made in a long time. Those two things sort of run opposite each other. Canty and Carlin, I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, I if I had the number two pick, it would not be a difficult decision for me. Um, I know Brandon Miller has NBA size and that that can be so enticing. There are two things about Brandon Miller that really concern me, Courtney, that would probably take him out of consideration for me if I'm at number two. One is the off the court stuff involving. The shooting at Alabama would inv- I mean, would definitely raise my antenna, certainly. I don't have all the research and the details that the teams do, but Scoot Henderson doesn't have anything like that on his side. Um, and then the way Brandon Miller played in the NCAA tournament is really eye-opening and concerning. I think this isn't that complicated, and Scoot Henderson should be the pick. But you know, just trust Charlotte to go and screw it up, and they may end up taking Brandon Miller. We know the Spurs aren't going to screw it up, right? I mean, they have to take Victor Wembunyama. They will take Victor Wembunyama. Victor just did an interview with Stephen A. Smith, standing on the red carpet outside the draft. Now, Stephen A.'s not small. Like uh, Stephen A.'s what uh, Courtney? Like six foot one? Something I would like imagine.
1: That. I mean, he played like over, college basketball. Like yeah, he's he was over six feet
4: tall. He's not like five foot nothing. Victor Wembanyama looks like a different species than Stephen A. Smith does. It, he, it looks like one is the father and the other is the child. Stephen A. posted a still photograph of their picture and then Earl Boykins standing next to Yao Ming, one of the shortest players, one of the tallest players in NBA history. And it just goes to show just the mere physical presence of Wembanyama this year. When he comes to your town, you're going to want a ticket for that.
1: I'm excited for it. I really hope that the Spurs, you know, disconnect all of their phones and don't have anybody ruin this moment for them. I'm sure there's going to be somebody saying, hey, want to trade? Like, just because they have to. Like, you have to be active. But this is the biggest no brainer decision of all no brainer decisions. He is a franchise altering prospect. From everything that we've heard, about all the things he can do. I know that we heard from Brian Windhorse earlier. One of my favorite things that he said is that he can defend the three-point line and also guard the paint at the same time. Like That would really be difficult <laughs> when you think about like physics and like being in two places at once. But apparently this guy who has been dubbed a unicorn and then LeBron James accurately corrected that and said, no, he's not a unicorn. He's an alien yeah. because he's from a different planet in terms of the basketball skill. We have prospects like this every every so often. There's somebody who's like can't miss prospect. That guy's going number one overall. Teams yeah. will not overthink it. The last one was Zion in 2020 uh, when he was, or during the 2019 draft when he was taken from yeah. Duke. Yep. Before that though, like, and I mean, like, and we obviously think about whatever you want with Zion. Like, you can't predict the future and injuries and all these other things. Some of them self inflicted. You can't rip
4: on New Orleans for taking him. No, though. I mean everybody in their right mind would have taken him.
1: But the last. Player who had this much like over overall buzz, overarching buzz around him was LeBron James. Yeah, the year that and, he won the draft. I mean, there's can't miss prospects, and then there's generational talents who can change an entire yeah. franchise. You know, I
4: don't. Maybe you know, scouts are so close to this; it's hard for them to really see or remember what the LeBron phenomenon was like 20 years ago. Courtney, LeBron James was one of the most famous athletes in America before he dribbled in nba basketball one time he was a high school player and he was absolutely must see tv so i don't think when is that highly touted what's amazing about lebron is that he still exceeded all those expectations so when has got to win like four titles i feel like to exceed the expectations that have been put on him now he hasn't played a second of nba basketball yet so it's a little blasphemous for somebody to be (laughs) saying this 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 kind of made me I love Andrea Carter. This kind of made me roll my eyes. She's an ESPN basketball analyst. She was on with Greeny and compared Victor to the guy who just won the NBA championship last week. With his skill
0: set, he could be better than Jokic, in my opinion. The things that we're seeing from Jokic in terms of facilitating and passing and, and distributing the basketball and scoring the basketball and rebounding the basketball... There is all of that, plus the moves that Victor Wembanyama can make like a true guard. Pull-up jump shots off the dribble, the pitch and catch and transition into a one-dribble pull-up. Those type of things and the fluidity that Victor Wimbanyama can move with, I think we'll see overall dominance from him, similar to Jokic. We'll see that same thing. But it'll look unlike anything that we've seen before because of Victor's fluidity, because of his athleticism, and because of his size.
4: Is it exaggeration, Courtney, or do you think it could be legitimate and fair?
1: I'm with you in the sense that I need to see it first because the idea that you can project these things out, I go back to Zion. We were all being sold the same story that he was, you know, this, this a type of player we had never seen before. And we did see him at Duke in, like, limited fashion. We had more exposure stateside to him than we did with Victor Wempanyama. And I think that's part of the reason it feeds into the mystery about what Victor Wempanyama can yeah. bring to a team because yep. I, I'm with you. We weren't watching a bunch of <laughs> Mets 92 uh, games on the stream because – I just don't spend my time watching foreign basketball all that often. I'm not a basketball scout. I, I mean, host maybe, radio maybe we shows, should have but... been
4: waking up late, early in the morning, or whatever, and watching the Metropolitans ninety two go. They have two top fifteen picks on their team, and there's no college that had two top fifteen picks on their roster. No, so. but
1: there's but there's a bunch of like G League teams and independent basketball league teams, like where the Thompson Twins were, or yeah. um, at Overtime Elite, like we weren't watching their games either. So I guess if we can't dedicate all of our time to watching Victor Wembanyama playing in France, then that same can be said about right. I mean, the other you're teams. You're going to watch
4: but... Indiana because you went to Indiana, not because, you know, I, I, if Victor Wembanyama had gone to Indiana, yes. I'm sure you would have been excited, and then you really would have been paying close attention. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Courtney Cronin. I, I just think that to go so far and so extreme to feel the need to say, he rebounds like Russell. He shoots like Steph. He defends the whole court and the like. I I think there is some of this that he now has to go and earn, and I don't think it's going to be super easy for him. I saw he already got criticized when he said he doesn't feel the need to really change his body all that much. Uh, even though I think once he actually gets on the court in the NBA, he's going to find that he does need to get stronger in order to compete at this level. He was on the Old Man of the Three podcast with J.J. Redick, Victor Wembanyama, NBA draft prospect, talked about, you know, amidst everybody talking about you like you're better than the NBA Finals MVP, how do you stay grounded and focused during all of
2: that? This is something i thought about a lot. I know I'm never going to turn like this. Like I know I'm never going to lose a reality and Just uh, do some shit, you know. I know what I want. I'm driven from the inside of of my heart and like nothing can put me out of my path. Like I do everything. I I do everything I can. So I deserve what I get. And I think some players are really talented physically or technically, you know, really, really talented. But their mind isn't like as good as their body is. You know what I'm saying? My totem is something bigger than basketball. It's just accomplishing yourself inside this universe, you know.
1: Do you think
4: that's easy to say? Do you think you can actually do it?
1: I'm like, here's the thing: How long have we known that Victor Wembanyama was going to go number one overall? Like, when did this? But two years. That's enough. That's enough time, I think, to process it. But like, to it's almost kind of coming across. I like that he said he's not going to ever lose like a grip on reality because this whole situation, like, what he's going to go through tonight. None of it's going to feel like it's sinking in until years from now because of all that has been projected. And when you get labels lofted yeah. onto your name, generational talent, alien, unicorn, uh, you know, greatest this, that, and the other thing. If Giannis LeBron, Anthony Davis, like all these great players had a baby, this is what you get. Like, it's it's a little much, But we keep doing it, and so he has no choice but to adapt to it and to not let it affect him. And he knows he's going to a team that won 22 games last year, that finished at the bottom of the Western Conference, that the expectation's not going to be you come in here immediately this season, you win Rookie of the Year, and you help the team go to the NBA Finals. That's not realistic. Could he win Rookie of the Year? Sure. Yep. Probably should. And I just don't look at this and think, you know, this is a long-term play the Spurs hedged their future on this. They made conscious decisions with their roster to not field a very good basketball team to put themselves in the best spot to earn the number yeah. 1 overall pick and that's exactly what they did, but once you do that, then you have to like plan out how it's going to go and you don't expect immediate success. So for for him to yeah. say that he doesn't, you know, he's not they're not you're not going to like dive into the the noise and figure out what people are saying about you at every turn people are going to be saying something about you and what your future holds i just look at this and say i mean he's kind of, he's kind of been isolated from it he's a foreign player right, right. like and i'm well, not saying in, they don't in, have the same france, sort of conversations over there
4: and based on what we've heard in our brian Winhurst and jonathan gavoni and members of our nba and draft team have been over there and talked to us about this i mean he is as big a star in france as killian mbappe who is the French national soccer player for Paris Saint Germain? Who's like maybe the greatest French athlete of all time? I mean, mm-hmm. Victor cannot walk the streets of Paris. I'm guessing Courtney at seven foot five <laughs> inches tall and get down the Champs Elysees and be able to move one minute without someone asking him for a selfie. So he might be new to America and a little bit of a mystery to America. I think in France, he's already used to being a superstar and all over TV and tabloids and all of that stuff. I just think you throw the big money into it. You throw the pressure of playing in the biggest league in the world into it. I think he doesn't Quite know exactly what it's like to play an 82 game NBA season. And I think that's fair. I'm not asking him to. But the idea that he's already, that he knows what he's in for, I think he's wrong. I don't think he knows what he's in for yet.
1: And that's what I'm getting at. Like, I'm not, like, European culture and basketball and what we've talked about and what they talk about on a daily basis, like, he's been exposed to it, but this is a different level when you play in the same league that has. The last player that had as much buzz around him as he was drafted, you're going to be playing in the same league with him next year, with LeBron. Yep. You, yep. the superstar power is way more here. Like he yep. st- stood out for many reasons, his height being one of them. Which it's going to be funny to watch this back a couple years from now, when we, you know, like LeBron in like the white colored suit and, and the Cleveland Cavaliers hat and his, you know, baby face. Like we remember that on draft night, we're going to be watching video circulating of Victor Wembanyama having to duck to get out of the big bus when he arrived at the Barclays Center because he's seven foot four, and you know that door frame is not one he could clear without hitting his head. Those things you can't ever really prepare yourself for because his star is already big; it's about to explode when he gets drafted tonight and change his life in a couple hours.
4: I don't think I'm out of line in saying that. The, he is going to step on the floor and become the hottest ticket in sports. Agreed? Yes. I mean, at, at least in my eyes,
3: Unless... I don't know,
4: like when they come to, I'm in Cleveland, you're in Chicago right now. Mm-hmm. When blank comes to town – you know, I, I don't know. When Taylor Swift comes to town, Cleveland shuts down and everybody pays $1,000 for a concert ticket. I think most
1: cities have experienced and, and that. And I think
4: Chicago is the exact same way. I mean, when Victor Wembanyama comes here, it is going to feel like a big event, more so than when Nikola Jokic is here. I mean, yeah. that's for sure. I think he's got that level of buzz around him. And I, I also think, I mean, I'd have to guess, I'm not in these meetings, our bosses are, but I have to guess ESPN is dying to get Victor Wembanyama games that the first game ESPN's going to want, you know, the first time he plays LeBron, ESPN, TNT, you're going to want. ESPN Radio is going to want to have coverage of it just because everybody's going to want to get a sense of what this guy is, where he comes from. I I also think that the bar for him is pretty darn high. I mean, to me, if he doesn't win Rookie of the Year, that's a pretty big disappointment based on all of these expectations.
1: It is, and I just, I mean, but Rookie of the Year is not – necessarily significant of a team that's going to go very far next year. Like they've no, got I don't think they have a lot of them. work to do on this so roster.
4: I think he's got to have those moments, those wow moments. I think that's what the rookie year is really about mm-hmm. for him. It's not about wins and losses. And to me, the statistics, you know, I don't know, stats on a bad team, who cares? To me, it's it's not about averaging blah, blah, blah points. To me, it's about having those moments that then go on sp- where where you look around at your friends in the room while you're watching, and you go, "Wow, this kid is really, really something." And if he could play 70 or 75 games, I think that would be a real nice start to a Victor Wembanyama career.
1: It's imagine this, like, and I was going to say when you talked about the draw and the star power, like how every place we go, every every NBA arena. Will be looking to watch Victor Wembanyama. The twenty nine teams that you know have will see him on the road. It's kind of like that with Lionel Messi right now. Now that we know that the you know I don't know when he's going to start playing uh, for Inter Miami, but the idea that he can draw eyeballs onto a product that will expand its reach, but people have never been able to see him play. By and large, in the United States, because he's never played over here except for like a handful of times when he was playing, you know, European soccer. Unless you had a chance to go watch Metropolitan's ninety-two basketball in person, there's this level of mystery. Are like, oh, who's who's this guy they keep talking about? Wembenyama. I remember on radio a few months ago when you know I'm learning about kind of who he is. uh, You know, I don't follow the NBA draft until kind of like you really get into your deep prep about a month out, month or two out, but to learn the prospects ahead of the lottery. Like I remember saying Wembenyama. I was like pronouncing it to make sure I wasn't screwing up his name. And now I can now it rolls off my tongue like nothing. Just He's like gonna become Exactly. Because now we know him. Now we've seen him play at the highest level like with Giannis winning a championship. He's gonna be a one name player at some point. Wembenyama, LeBron, Giannis, all of those things.
4: Joel Embiid, the MVP, the all of these guys, the the recent MVPs, the last five MVPs, two for Giannis, two for Jokic, one for Embiid, all, all foreign inter- born players, have all been international players, have all been foreign born players. And now, I mean, we're just adding to that mix even more with the addition of Wembe And it's part of the reason, because I think the NBA needs a mix. I think they need some American stars. And I think the international feel for the game is really helpful and productive. But I, I think that's where Zion and John ja Morant and guys, they, they got to get it together Otherwise, I think you're going to be losing Olympic gold medals coming up here because some of these guys are playing on other teams, whether it's Serbia or Dončić, probably going to win MVPs too, and he's also an international guy. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. Up next, we go live to Barclays Center where the draft is about to start. Victor Wembanyama is going to go number one, and we don't know who the heck is going to go number two. We get the vibe next. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. Courtney Cronin with you. Canty and Carlin are on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
2: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle
5: That's the number eight. S A V E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S A V E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
3: With the 7th
6: pick, the Denver Nuggets select Jamal Murray. With the 41st pick, the Denver Nuggets
2: select Nikola Jokic. So... Who's next? The 2023 NBA Draft. Tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
4: We're going live to Brooklyn, 29 minutes away from the start of our draft coverage here on ESPN Radio. This is Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. We're in for the guys. And we are presented by Progressive Insurance. There's sort of a rumor, or I guess, I, I don't know. I guess Brandon Miller did this interview. Earlier today, where he claimed that Michael Jordan airballed a free throw during his interview with the Charlotte Hornets. How, if at all, does that affect? Who's going to go number two in this draft? We go live to Corey Alexander, ESPN Radio NBA analyst who will be a part of our draft coverage. He is live in Brooklyn. Corey, let's start right there. Your reaction to Brandon Miller claiming that Jordan airballed a free throw. Will it affect whether they
3: take him with the number two pick in the draft? Well, I've known Brandon since he was a ninth grader, and Brandon plays a lot. And I'm not believing that Michael Jordan airballed a free throw. So let's start with that. I'm not going for it. (laughs) But at the end of the day, though, I don't think that that would be anything that would stop the Charlotte Hornets from drafting Brandon Miller. One thing for certain, Michael Jordan wants guys that challenge him. That's one thing I'm sure that people would understand. So, Brandon, if he says that and he's talking about Michael Jordan like that, Michael would love that and to have a chance to be able to work with Brandon moving forward.
1: Corey, why has there been so much... Conversation, or at least around like the t- number two and the number three pick about who's going where the last couple hours. Like, what's the reasoning behind any of that if it's not just smoke screens at this point?
3: Because there's no intrigue whatsoever with the number one pick. So we've got to have some type of intrigue in the draft, right? We've got to make sure that people are tuned in. There's got to be talk. You go back to a season ago when everyone thought that it was going to be Jabari Smith drafted first, and then all of a sudden, like an hour before, all the momentum is now Paolo Bancaro goes number one. Lo and yeah. behold, Paolo Bancaro goes number one. It keeps everybody locked in, keeps everyone tuned in to the draft. you got to have that intrigue, and there's no question about number one, so the intrigue starts at two today.
4: If it was up to you, I mean, I know you have a little bit of a personal investment in this, but how do you evaluate for Charlotte the Miller versus
3: uh, Henderson decision? Oh, well, Scoot's my God, too. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't favor one over the other, but when you look at the Charlotte Hornets, you think about the fact that they have an all-star point guard already in LaMelo Ball. So do you want to bring in Scoot, another primary ball handler, and really interrupt the chemistry that you have there? What they've had issues with is half-court scoring. Insert Brandon Miller. That problem goes away. Now, not necessarily immediately, but in time, that problem goes away. He can be an elite scorer, especially in the half-court level, but he also is a playmaker. And so you've got a secondary ball handler and a playmaker outside of LaMelo ball to fit right into that lineup.
1: There's been a lot made about Victor Wembanyama, and what we, I mean, what we've heard about him, every adjective that you can imagine to talk about his greatness before he's ever played a minute of NBA basketball. And some of it I wonder if that intrigue is just because he is still an unknown product, prospect, from you know the stateside element, but there's also the guy, the Thompson twins with the overtime elite group, and of course, Scoot Henderson played in the G League last year. I don't know how many people are watching those games. So when you try to break down these prospects and what they can add to an NBA franchise, like let's start with Scoot Henderson, since most of us don't watch G League Ignite games. Like, what did he contribute there? That will be his greatest asset as it translates to the NBA.
3: Well, I can tell you this. On October the 4th, when Wimby took on the United States, I had the opportunity to sit sideline and call the game with John Schreffen when Victor Wembanyama played his first game against G League Ignite. And during that game, Scoot Henderson scored 28 points and won the game. So when you think about those two elite-level talents going at it, that basically set the basketball world on fire. Now, for the casual fan, they were watching football at this time. So they're not paying attention. But for basketball people, they were tuned in, seeing what Victor was all about because they've heard so much about him. And Scoot was the one who stole the show. Even though Victor did have 36 points in that game, Scoot had 28 and played a very good floor game and won the game. So when you think about all those things, that showed that Scoot Henderson was just as an elite of a prospect as is Victor Wembanyama now when you think about Victor at 7 foot 5 doing things that we've never seen someone that size do of course he's a much bigger prospect but Scoot Henderson is right there at the elite level also and one of the talents the, one of the top 3 talents in this draft that of course has all NBA GMs and teams thinking about making trades and finding a way to get these guys on their roster Corey Alexander, with us. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're right. I've heard some of
4: our analysts at ESPN say that if if this was another year, like next year or the year after, that Scoot Henderson would be the number one pick in the draft. It just so happens that he comes out in the year with Victor Wembanyama in it. About Victor, Corey, what do you think has to happen in San Antonio for him to have a successful rookie season? What does that look like to you, well,
3: Aaron? I'm gonna go back one second. Uh, Victor Wembanyama actually said that in October. Yeah. It's be the number one pick in another year. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not this year. But, wow. for, but for Victor, and, that, and that's another one of the things with Victor, his personality fits perfectly. Talking uh-huh. to Seth Greenberg on the way over here, and, of course, I've been following Victor for a very long time, but got a chance to speak to him and spend a little bit of time with him. It, that, it, during that time in October, his English is great. Yeah. And you think about all the other, you know, European stars that we've had and how their English had to get better. You think Luka Doncic, of course, Nikola Jokic, just all the guys who have come from Europe or um, Yao Ming from China, they didn't speak English very well when they got here. Victor does. So he's immediately going to be a star just from the standpoint of his marketability, the fact that he speaks proper English. But getting to San Antonio where – There's nothing but the Spurs. I was fortunate to play for the Spurs for three years. It's all about the Spurs there, and the Spurs over the last 25 years have built such a winning culture that Victor sees that the Spurs are synonymous with winning. That's all he's known when he watched Tony Parker, when he watched Boris Diaw with the Spurs. So he wants to make sure that he gets the Spurs back to that level and during a time where, Gre- where Greg Popovich is going to be coaching him, which we don't know how long that's going to be. So, of course, there's kind of a sense of urgency on everyone's part getting Victor into the fold. All
1: right, so, Corey, outside of 1, 2, and 3 in the prospects that now are becoming household names before the draft even starts, who is the most intriguing first-rounder that we're not talking about right now?
3: Nick Smith, Jr., and the reason is, if you go back and you look at Jonathan Giovanni's mock drafts, way back at the beginning of the season, Nick Smith Jr. was as high as three, behind Scoot and four. And this, and again, he did not have a very good year at Arkansas. He was injured, spent a lot of time on the shelf, didn't have things go his way, but he still is an elite level talent, and his game is suited much more for the NBA, NBA than it is college basketball. And I think because of that is why he will be the steal of this draft and one of the guys that you look forward to going on and having not just a good but a great career in the NBA. Corey Alexander with us. He was the
4: 29th overall pick in the first round, 1995. I'm sure you're thinking a lot about that night
3: tonight. What do you remember most about that night in 95 when you were drafted? I remember most about that night is the fact that I did not actually see my name get called. I did not come to the draft. I was at home. I had broken my ankle midway through the season at UVA during that year, so I had no idea where I was going to get drafted. I worked out from teams that had picks 14 all the way through 29 with the San Antonio Spurs. I didn't know if I was going to be a second-round pick to Seattle. So it was all over the place. And once I got the phone call from Pop and Bob Hill, who was my coach at the time when I went to San Antonio, I was in tears. I walked outside the house, and then all my family and friends inside the house I just heard a huge roar once they said my name and that I was going to San Antonio. And then, of course, once they realized I wasn't in the house, everyone turned and ran out the outside of the house, almost like I hit a game-winning shot, but even better than that, of course. So when you think about that, that's the memory I have of that night. I didn't actually see my name get called until years later, but, of course, ended up going to a great spot in San Antonio. Did
4: they call? They had to call a landline phone. Ninety-five. They wouldn't have called it. Oh, like in in In
3: ninety-five, my agent George Bass was at the house. They called his cell phone. Oh my! <laughs> they did so call his cell phone. you got drafted
4: on Zach Morris's phone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you say so. I just know. I just got a chance to talk to Pop. And Pop told me, hey, we got you. Don't worry about coming down. I'm going on vacation. We had a lockout right after that. <laughs> yep. and so. Uh, but, again, it was a great situation for me, and it will be an even better situation for Victor Wimanyama.
4: All right, Corey, we'll strap in. This is going to be a fun night tonight. We'll be listening. He's a part of our coverage here on ESPN which starts at 7 o'clock, Wem Bunyama, and then What Happens at 2? All the drama all the way through the second round. You can listen right here on most of these ESPN radio stations and on the ESPN app. Thank you, Corey. Appreciate the time.
3: Thank you for having me.
4: What did a cell phone look like in 95? Was My it one of the big was, bricks or yeah. no?
1: What about the cell phones that had the, like, bag that went with it? You know, like, it used to have, like, a briefcase that you had, like, the, you know, the computer part of the phone. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't like our iPhones. It were, they were portable landline looking phones. Yes. Not, like, to the same degree of, like, you know, the, the receiver part with yes. the, yeah, all that. But that is, that's wild. I guess I wouldn't have expected that. I wish we had more time with him because I want to know more about what that phone call was like on a, wild. Uh, Prehistoric you know, cell
4: phone. I also remember the you used to have to pull up the antenna on the phone oh, before yeah. you could answer. Um, and I Motorola I guess that,
1: was well known for that.
4: I'm now getting because I have some friends who have kids who are you know middle high school age. The flip phone is coming back. Like oh, yeah. parents want to give their kids those phones so that they can communicate on them, but can't go on Instagram on them because that just spells. A bunch of trouble appreciate the time from Corey alexander again nba draft coverage espn radio starts at seven o'clock 18 minutes from now on most espn radio stations and on the espn app coming up a must-see fight was announced today we'll explain aaron goldhammer courtney cronin canty and carlin espn radio the espn app
2: canty and carlin the podcast to earn some cash. The
0: taste of money. The smell of wealth.
2: Canty and Carlin's best play of the night.
0: The taste of money. All
4: right, well, here we go with our play of the day. Aaron Goldhammer, Courtney Cronin with you, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We're on Sirius XM Channel 80. I like to bet on the number three overall pick in the draft tonight. You can't bet the number two pick I'm seeing, but you can bet the number three pick. And I I guess it's now looking like Brandon Miller might go too. I think Scoot Henderson is going to end up being the second pick. So give me Brandon Miller plus 110 right now, and I I think that's a safe way to go with Brandon Miller plus 110. Courtney, your vibe, who, who do you think is the number two pick tonight? Is it Brandon Miller or is it Scoot?
1: I think it's Scoot Henderson. I don't know. Like, all of this stuff that's going on, the odds changing left and right, my rational mind tells me this is all smoke and mirrors because we see this happen during most drafts. It happened during the NFL draft a couple months ago. But then my the wild side of my brain, which is the left side, in case you were wondering, uh-huh. is putting some truth to the idea that Michael Jordan might not like what uh, Brandon Miller did and going to put that out there that he missed a free throw during their workout, so...
4: Airball on a a free throw. Even I wouldn't airball a free throw. I'll give you another one. The ATP is uh, somewhere. I don't know where. But uh, Yannick Sinner is playing against uh, Bublik. And I uh, take Sinner. Minus 270. If you just want to put something in a parlay with the uh, Brandon Miller number three pick (laughs) in the draft. When I start making tennis picks, it means it's time for three and out.
2: Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and Out.
4: Well, I hate Twitter and I hate Facebook. Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg have agreed to a cage match. I hope both of them lose. Quote, I'm up for a cage match if he is. 51-year-old Twitter owner posted in a Twitter thread on Tuesday. Send me the location. Zuckerberg, the founder and CEO of Facebook and Instagram's parent company Meta, responded in an IG story Wednesday, which included a screenshot of Musk challenging him. Would you buy the pay-per-view Musk v. Zuckerberg?
1: No, because these two don't need to get any richer than they already are. They're billionaires. Elon Musk has ruined Twitter. Mark Zuckerberg is a shady dude. I don't want to see either of these. I don't like when we take people who are already so unlikable as is for a multitude of reasons and then give them any platform to be more visible. I don't like it. I will not watch it. I don't know if this is going to extend to UFC as well because you know Dana White's going to love to get involved.
4: Oh, he already has. You know, I can't win many fisticuffs, Courtney. I'm not jacked. I've never really been in a fight. I could kick both of these guys butts. Guaranteed. Yeah?
1: Okay, that I would I would, I pay, could, to I would like, pay to see that. I would pay to see that.
4: If you just dropped me in the octagon with these two, neither one of them would stand a chance. I'd be Have
6: fighting. you seen Zuckerberg's jujitsu game though? Oh, do, do you no, think you could dude. stay off the mat?
4: Yeah, I, Zuckerberg <laughs> would be in trouble. Zuckerberg v. Goldhammer for the bragging rights at Park Synagogue.
6: Dropping the hammer on Zuckerberg. <laughs> I like would it. That be a
4: hell of a match. Uh, LSU coach Brian Kelly is asking for help. The SEC pushing for federal regulation regarding NIL compensation for college athletes. College athletics is at a crossroads if this doesn't get fixed. Brian Kelly told ESPN. What's broken, Courtney?
1: The fact that these coaches have no control over players coming in and out of their program due to NIL because somebody could outbid them for a player. It's, it's something Nick Saban has been very adamant about. I'm not surprised that Brian Kelly is also jumping on board.
4: Yeah, it it needs a little bit of maybe of structure. I don't know that we really need Congress to get involved in name, image, and likeness.
2: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
6: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too.